to Totalis Rankium. This week, Zoe. Hello, and welcome to Roman Emperor Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Constantine Eleven. You remembered. I did remember. And this is episode 124, Zoe. Oh, saying that was so great. I felt like I needed to say it for about two months now. Yeah, it's or, like a sneeze. Or longer. Um, if you're listening to this, like, binging in the future, you probably won't know, but... Uh, We've had, what, three months away from this podcast? All this was us recorded, yeah. Wow. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I believe at the end of the last Empress episode, I said something along the lines of, we're going to do a Scipio episode. It might turn into a two-parter. <laughs> Five parts later. Yeah. Scipio lasted a while, uh, but he's done now. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> and that was fun. I enjoyed doing it. Was, it was very interesting, yeah. But it's like coming home, isn't it, Jamie? Mm. But in much better chairs, because this is the first Emperor episode in the chairs. Oh, yes, it is. You're absolutely right. I'd forgotten about that. Yes, yeah, so again, if you're just listening and you haven't listened to the Senate episodes or the present ones, we've got chairs. And they're amazing. Comfy, comfy chairs. And we'll have a competition at the end of the episode Ooh, as well. Oh, yes, we will. Stay tuned for that. But we should probably jump into the life of Zoe, since that's why we're here. Yes. Okay. I did some research. Oh, yeah? Well, I listened to the last two episodes. Just to remind yourself. Yeah. 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 No, I actually did the same. Oh, cool. Uh, because it was a while ago. Yeah. But maybe the listener hasn't. So, where were we? Um, Byzantine. <laughs> yes. Or Byzantium. Yeah. Roman. Roman times. Roman times. Late uh, Roman yeah, times. Yeah, it's 900s now, isn't it? Though? We're in Quite the late. 900s. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. We, it starts off with um, Leo VI. Oh, look at you go. Who um, had a potentially illegitimate child. I oh, see. You've missed, you've missed out Basil. You I missed out Basil. I didn't listen to Basil. Yeah, but do you remember how he died? The deer. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I remember the deer. Yes. That's my first note in my uh, quick recap ah, here. okay. Because I... Uh, he died in a tragic hunting accident, yes. leaving his two sons in charge. His sort of two sons. Yes. Yeah. And Leo VI was married to a Zoe, whose father was in charge of the guard or something. Because when Basil was being dragged around the, 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 the forest for like three months or whatever it was, he perhaps took his time to help out. Yeah, you're talking about Zoe's outsies. Yes. That's not the Zoe we're doing today. No. No, no. No. Which you know. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. If you remember, <laughs> Leo Leo the Wise, as he was known. Yeah, books. Yes. He read a lot. His lo the love of his life was Zoe, Zoe Zouncies, uh, but she died. Then Leo the Wise married a third person. Yeah. Zoe was his second wife. Uh, and then she died as well. But he married and, another Zoe. But then he married another Zoe. Yes. And that's the Zoe we're doing today. Yes. Uh, just so you know, though, Zoe doesn't always appear on the lists as emperor or empress. Okay. But I would argue she ruled the empire as a regent in her own right for long enough and had enough impact to justify an episode on her. Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, certainly... Uh, the, the test I, I've I've come to do with these debatable ones are, if she was a man, would we have an episode on her? And I, I think it's safe to say, if Zoe was a male and a regent, yeah. she'd be in the lists of emperors. I think it is just yeah. pure 
sexism why she's not. So she's getting an episode. Hell yeah. But just know, uh, she won't always be on list if you look. Now, things also get a bit messy over the next few episodes, because there were a few regencies, multiple co-emperors. We could arguably go up to five at one point. Oh, no, um, not again. Yeah. <laughs> I hate also, drawing those diagrams. Coups and counter-coups. Um, I'm yeah. not 100% certain who's going to get an episode yet, but at the moment, my current thinking is keep it relatively simple. I think that's a good idea. Yes. Um, <laughs> right. Okay, let's start with Zoe, shall we? As you can imagine... Very little is known about Zoe's early life. Yeah. Um, and what we do have is very confused. We don't know when she was born. Uh, probably in the 880s. Uh, 80s girl. Yeah, thereabouts. That would put her around 20 when she married Leo VI. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, that is pure speculation. She's probably good chance she may have been younger. She could have been younger, she could have been older. Mm. <laughs> you just don't know, but yeah. We do know she was born to a prominent family in the Empire. We know that her great-grandfather, for example, was a leading general in Michael II's time. Ooh. Just to remind you, Michael II is uh, the Michael from the three friends, Leo, Michael and yes. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Zoe's great-grandfather was doing important things back then. Yeah. He was put in charge of getting Crete back, for example. Hmm. He didn't. Yeah. Oh. No. Uh, another relative of Zoe, apparently, is one of our sources for many episodes until quite recently, because Theophanes, the confessor, is said to be of the same family. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did confess have a slightly different meaning back then? Because he just sounds like a he cracked under pressure. He just couldn't help himself. I mean, <laughs> the slightest bit. He, but, I mean, people respected him for it because he was very honest. He'd, he'd, if he accidentally broke your mug when he was visiting your house, he wouldn't just put it back <laughs> and hope for the best. He'd come in and go, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I've, I confess, I've broken this mug. Oh, my goodness. What yeah. if he saw the last of Jamie Dodger? No, he'd, he'd, he'd just do it. Really? He'd just say it. He's a good That's guy. That's impressive. That is quite yeah. good. He's also prone to just making stuff up as well. So he confessed that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I killed your cat. <laughs> I, I don't have a cat, exactly. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Confessor just means someone who would uh, uh, talk about events. Okay. So that is a possibly a closer meaning. Because we had Edward, Edward the Confessor as a king, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Confessor yeah. does uh, different meanings. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, also, he died around 50 years before Zoe's birth, so he's not, like, hanging around or anything. No. Yeah. Or well, his spirit is. Maybe confessing his spirit things. is. Yeah. I stole your dress. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just a ghost confessing to anything. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Right. So, yeah. As you can see, not much to talk about her early life, apart from the fact she had some ancestors. I think we filled in the gaps quite beautifully. I think so. Um, I mean, we, what we can see is she was born into the aristocracy... Yeah. If she was not born in Constantinople itself, she would have been born in one of the prominent cities, probably. We also know she had very dark eyes. Yeah, she said, I remember in the previous episode, she had striking, almost black eyes. Well, yeah, she develops the nickname at some point of Carbonopsina. Dark eyes. Yeah. Eyes like oh. carbon. Yeah. Coal eyes, you could say. Oh. Coal eyes. Which Scary. leads us to something new we need to do, which I've not talked to you about before. Go on. I have a sip of tea to fortify myself for this. Yeah, uh, in the three or so months that we have been absent from this particular podcast, I did some cleaning up of uh, our iTunes feed. 
okay. because the way they've done things have changed and all the numbers were out of sync and stuff. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's now all neat and tidy and in a Series 1 and Series 2 nice. uh, feed, which is nice. But also, I started to realise that all these names that are the same are getting a bit confusing. Yep. The Emperors from Series 1, quite easy to keep straight in your head. Yeah. There were like two or three multiple names, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah. We're already on Leo 6 in this series. Exactly. It starts to get a bit confusing. And I realise why people quite often use the nicknames when they're talking about the later Roman emperors. It's to keep it straight in your head. So we're going to start doing it. And I've backed on some of them. So Leo 6 is now listed as Leo 6 the Wise in our feed. Ah. And Constantine 5 is labelled as uh, Constantine 5 the Dung named. But I might change that to Poo Face. I don't know. You're eating no-nos as well. Oh, I could put no-nos on there as well, yeah. couldn't I? I've not done that one. Are you going to try and keep it historical or are you going to go with our sort of spin well, th- on it? This is it. I, I don't know. Should <laughs> we stay historical? Should we put our own spin on it? Um, but what I'm asking you is, so he does have this nickname, Carbonopsina. Yeah. Do we go with that or do we give her the translated name that we give her? Coal Eyes. Coal Eyes? Coal Black Eyes? Black Eyes? Oh, that doesn't sound good, does it? No. Uh, (laughs) I think think Coal Eyes is quite nice. Coal Eyes? Let's go with Coal Eyes. Okay, so she will be listed as Coal Eyes. Or Zoe Zoe Coal Eyes. Yeah. Good. Right, okay. I like that. That's sorted. So from now on, we will include their nicknames. That will help me out. Yeah, it will help me out. I think it helps everyone out. It does. Yeah, maybe at the end of a short episode, we can look back at some of the old ones and (laughs) fill in the gaps. Right, okay. So we've got Zoe Cole eyes. Uh, and there you go, that's about all we know for sure. And even that, we're not actually sure. Would Alexander 2 stroke 3 be Alexander Nobles? <laughs> uh, possibly. Alright. Possibly. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Thanks. When she was possibly in her late teens, in 897, the Empress Theophano died, and the Emperor married his mistress, the daughter of the newly titled father of the Emperor, Zounces. And this, of course, was the other Zoe mentioned earlier. Yeah. We've got no idea if our Zoe uh, had any opinions on this whatsoever. We saw, hey, wedding. Yeah. Uh, then, shortly afterwards, Zoe Zounces died. The Emperor was distraught. Yeah, life, lifelong, you know. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. However, looking for an heir, he soon married again, this time to a woman called Eudocia who was hand-picked, apparently, in a bridal show and was said to be the most beautiful woman in the Empire. She gave birth to a son. And then they both died. Yeah. So Leo has had three wives die in the last four years. Yeah. And I remember the church having a bit of problem with all the marriages as well. Yeah, they really did. Um, They gave Michelle a load of cash. And said, we'll help you with your, was it Bulgar problem? Yeah, it really shows that you've listened to the previous episode. Yeah, i proven it. Rather than just yeah. lying and trying to make it up, I've listened. <laughs> I was plastering my bathroom when I was listening. Oh, nice. Great, yeah. Well, by this point, Zoe was in the royal court, if she'd not been there already. We've got no idea how it happens, but somehow she catches the attention of the bereaved emperor. Oi, emperor! She shouted across the hall. Just glared with her coal eyes. <laughs> yeah. Him just going, that's scary. <laughs> Looking a bit like a snowman. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> suddenly become quite creepy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, apparently, Leo liked a bit of that. And, <laughs> because soon she was the royal mistress. Way. Yeah. Uh, the two got to know each other really rather well, and soon enough, Zoe was pregnant. Illegitimate, so. Yeah. 
after the death of somebody. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Well, shall I tell you why this is a problem? Is it the her, the father of? Her? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> well, the reason why this was a problem is that she and Leo were not married, and they could not get married. If you remember, which you definitely do, uh, the church <laughs> in the East were very clear on multiple marriages. Yes, one wrong. One marriage equals great. Yeah. Two marriages equals not great, but yeah. Three marriages, oh no, no, no. Four marriages wasn't even discussed. No, it wasn't even on the list. No. So Leo, already having three marriages behind him, was in a tricky situation. But then, one night, a comet appeared in the sky. sound it makes. Yeah, all comets make that yeah. sound. very noisy. If you stand next to them and whistle. There's nothing special about this comet. No. No, it's just a comet. But they're going to put some sort of thing onto it, aren't they? Uh, no. Oh. It's just mentioned. But we have so few facts for the early life of Zoe. <laughs> it's like, there we go, that's something that happened. Go. Uh, I wonder what comet it would have been. Uh, I tried to find out and I couldn't, um, but mm. yeah, apparently. No one knows. A comet appeared. It burned for 40 days. It did, <laughs> apparently. Religious Lots. crowbarring in there. Yeah. Uh, 40 nights as well, incidentally. Wow. Yeah. And Zoe then gave birth to a son. And this changed everything. Because Zoe's son was now the obvious heir, but he was also illegitimate and unbaptized. Now, the church was very against this marriage and the child and let it be known. The patriarch was a man named Nicholas at the time. Right. And uh, he will be coming up again in the story quite a bit, so remember him. Uh, and he made it very clear to Leo that all this was unacceptable. You're the emperor, pull your socks up. And your trousers. Yeah, definitely your trousers. <laughs> Keep them firmly shut. Arguing went back and forth, and eventually Nicholas agreed that, fine, I will baptise the boy as long as you get rid of Zoe. Oh. Send her away. Now, we have no idea what the true relationship between Zoe and Leo was, uh, but she probably would have been fearful at this time. After all, Leo's got what he wanted, an heir. Mm. Why keep her around? Yeah. Yeah. So when he agreed to these terms, fair enough, I'll get rid of Zoe. We don't know how Zoe felt. Either Leo had agreed and then changed his mind, or Zoe knew that Leo never intended to abandon her okay. and they were working together and he was simply lying to the church. We We just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it's a bit dodgy. It can't have been a pleasant time. No. Then, one morning, Leo left with their son, and Zoe stayed out of sight. If she left the palace, then she just stayed somewhere else, but yeah. who knows, maybe she just stayed in the palace out of sight. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the boy was baptised and called Constantine, because oh. everyone's called bloody Constantine. Uh, but, to emphasise the fact that he was legitimate, honest, he's definitely legitimate, Leo would always refer to his son as Porphogenitus. Ooh. Try saying that fast three times. I did. <laughs> I failed. Uh, porphyrogenitus. Oh, I think. Yeah. Uh, translates to purple born. Okay. Yes. Born Why not just say purple. That? Well, we will. He'll, he'll be called Constantine yeah. Seven. Purple born. Okay. Yeah. Now, at some point, either before this or after, it was decided by Leo and Zoe that they would be married regardless what the church said. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So, in a secret service, they were wed. One day, in the palace, with very little fuss. Only a few people around. Like, there was a guy dressed up as Alvis doing it. Oh. It just one of those secret Fred. weddings. Was Jeff the best man? Yeah, he was. Mm. Yeah. 
He wasn't there. No, uh, no. at all. <laughs> That's lovely. It is. By the time that Nicholas found out about this, it was too late for the Patriarch to do anything about it. Ah, damn it. Yeah. All I can do is frown from a distance. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did more than that. This is where the oh. schism starts. Yeah, we see the split between the church and the state that we talked about in Leo's episode, where yes, he was turned away from the Hagia Sophia. Now, how involved in the fighting Zoe was, we don't know. But I get the feeling she wasn't just sitting around on the sides. No. For reasons we'll see later. Yeah, she definitely seems to grow a particular dislike to the Patriarch. Not surprised. It's not surprising. He has no. openly said that she is an awful woman who should be exiled. He just sounds like a git. Yeah. Uh, it's also hard to judge, but also based on what happens later, it would not surprise me if she also really disliked Alexander, mm. Leo's brother. Yeah. After all, there were rumours that the assassination attempt on Leo that had recently happened was on Alexander's orders. That was the guy with the sword outside the Hagia Sophia, wasn't a it? A club. Yeah. A club, and he got caught on a chandelier, weirdly. Yes, yes, yes it was. Had his hands and feet chopped off, strung up in the hippodrome. Yeah. Still, yeah. He's still there now. Yeah. Anyway, it's around this time that the problems with the dukei start. You mentioned the dukus, something dukus. Yes, I did. Here's the recap. Thank you. Constantine Dukas refused to cover for Leo's friend Simonus. Simonus was trying to run away. Leo didn't want anyone to know about it. Oh, he was the friend from the um, from the caliphate. Yes, exactly. The slave. And he told him about uh, an assassination attempt and they became good friends. Yes, exactly. And we don't know why he ran away. No, we don't. But we do know that he came back and Leo was trying to cover for his friend. Constantine Ducas, however, refused to swear an oath. Yeah, honourable man. Yeah, uh, protecting Simonus. So Constantine Ducas was fired. I'm just going to start calling him Ducas. Uh, shortly after this, Ducas's father... Andronicus Ducas revolted with some troops and headed for Baghdad. Now, one of the reasons Andronicus Ducas revolted was because he was ordered to work with the general Himerius. Yeah. Himerius, if you remember, was a relative of Zoe who had recently been promoted to one of the leading generals. Because he liked to do that, didn't he, Leo? Yeah. Well, if you remember in Leo's episode, I said that this was her father. Yes. Yeah. And then in Alexander's episode, I said that I've also read that this was her uncle. Oh, yeah. And also possibly her cousin. Yeah. Well, now you can add a brother-in-law to that oh, list because wonderful. since then I've also read that. <laughs> it could be all three. No one seems to have a clue how they were related, but they were close. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Homerius had managed to do well enough despite Andronicus Ducas deserting him. Um, although in the year 911, he was sent to take back Crete. And as we saw in Leo's episode, he did not do well. Loser. He had taken 177 ships with an army of 43,000 men. So this was big. Mm. Uh, he sieged the capital of Crete for six months. But then heard the news. Leo was dying. So Homerius heads back but was ambushed by a caliphate fleet on the way. Homerius only just escaped with his life, but little else. Meanwhile, back in the capital, Zoe realised that things were not good. Everyone keeps frowning at me. <laughs> well, she was the mother of the sole heir, but he was only the heir after both Leo and his brother Alexander died. Ah. Soon she would be alone in a court with Alexander free to do what he wanted, and there was ah. a good chance the two did not get on. She so did he'd, he'd see the child as a threat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She did have some support, because the patriarch Nicholas, if you remember, had been replaced by Euphemius, hmm. by Leo doing the clever letter 
scheme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a new patriarch. That's good. And he was on her side. And also her father slash uncle slash cousin slash brother-in-law was on his way back. But she knew that things may be tricky for her after Leo's death. And Leo was very aware of this. He went to the Senate and spoke. This time I'll actually quote what he said. Worn out by disease, O oh friends, my carcass has melted away and my strength has deserted me. <laughs> I will not much longer be amongst you in the land of the living. Indeed, I will not live to celebrate the Lord Christ's resurrection. Now I ask this one final favour that you bear in mind the gentle disposition which I have had towards you, and in return remain faithful to my wife and son. Oh. The Senate apparently replied that they would die a thousand deaths before harm would come to little Constantine. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> they had no power at this time, though, did they? Because uh, it wasn't Leo that took away the power. Um, well... He, they didn't have it anyway, but he officially sort of... Yeah, he took away their legal power. Yeah. But don't forget, the Senate is made up of the most rich and prominent families. Yeah. So they have influence. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Leo dies. Oh. However, it did not take long for Alexander to make a move. Once Homerius got back to the capital, he was blamed for the failure of the invasion of Crete. Well. Because, I mean, he was in charge of it and he failed. Well, yeah. Yeah, his name's all over it. Exactly. So, he was taken by Alexander and monked, where shortly afterwards he died, if you remember, consumed by sorrow. I think consumed by steel. Well, one of our listeners, and I keep doing this, I've forgotten to take a note of the name, but one of our listeners wrote to us suggesting that sorrow was just the name of a bear. (laughs) 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 Which is a very bad... Very Valentinian-esque. That is uh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you feel sorrow. <laughs> oh, no, I do. I feel his breath on my neck. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. This could not have been good for Zoe, because her father slash uncle slash cousin slash brother-in-law is now dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is, is never good. It was also bad when Alexander brought Nicholas back to be the patriarch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you remember, he did awful things to Euphemius. Uh, Nicholas hated Zoe, and he did not keep that fact quiet. With the emperor and the patriarch against her, and her only support dead, Zoe could do very little, and Mm -hmm. Alexander knew it. He had her forcibly removed from the palace. Oh. As far as I can tell, she's not nunned. She's just thrown out the palace. Do you think she went with her son, or do you think they kept... Oh, no, no, no. He's the the heir. He stays in the palace. Yeah. Now, a committee was put together to act as regent to Constantine. Right. But as the patriarch Nicholas was in this group, this is essentially Nicholas running the show. Yeah. Whilst Alexander just went off and did whatever he wanted. Now, while in exile, Zoe would have heard rumours of how things were going for her son, and it would not have been good. At some point, she heard that Alexander was plotting to castrate her son to oh, ensure that, that <laughs> to ensure that he could never be emperor oh imagine that conversation hi little constantine <laughs> got someone to run by you see how you feel about it we're thinking about cutting off your balls no no why are you crying nutcracker instead <laughs> we can make it look like an accident you know <laughs> Bad times. Bad times all around. The only ray of light was that it appeared that Alexander could not have children. Yes. 
Yeah, because if he had a son, Constantine's life expectancy would plummet. <laughs> and presumably she did what she could to get back into the palace, uh, but whatever she is doing is not recorded. And then just over a year after Leo died, the news ran around the city. Alexander had suddenly died after a game of polo. Oh, because we speculate, well, you speculated it was testicular cancer. That's what many historians go yeah. for. Um, blood coming out of his mouth and his genitals at the time of death. If I'm writing the HBO series, though, it's not going to be testicular cancer. He might have had something like that, but the actual death, in my mind, will be Zoe poisoning him. Oh, yeah. Just because that's cool. But in real life, it probably was natural She'd causes. have no access, would she? Yeah, no. <laughs> Almost certainly didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but it would make for a good twist. It would, yeah. It would. Uh, but yeah, no, he almost certainly died of natural causes. He was a sick man anyway. And there you go. He's dead. The death of the emperor presumably threw the politics of the court into mayhem. It's <laughs> <laughs> people running around into screaming. rooms, out of rooms, yeah. screaming, panic, panic, panic. But we have few details, unfortunately. Uh, somehow, however, Zoe managed to get back into the palace. Uh, now, <laughs> wearing all black, rope, rope up the side of the wall, <laughs> yes. shimmying up. Well, it, it, depending on who you're reading, she even managed to worm her way back in before Alexander's death or after. Mm. Uh, I think it would be more likely just after his death. I think so. Because the mayhem caused would lead to an opening. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, but either way, she's back in the palace, and now she is leading the pro-Constantine faction. Constantine, by the way, is about seven at this time, and is now sole emperor. <laughs> Can't wait for his episode. Well, Nicholas had gotten used to ruling things and did not want to give up his power. Well, it's all very well being the patriarch, but he's ruling the city effectively now. Oh, yeah. Now, Zoe would have known that something was being planned by Nicholas, but not what. Because every time she walked past him, he'd go, More, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Death. Yeah, pretty much. Got a bit suspicious after it a while. It did. It soon became clear what he was planning, because... She was arrested no. and nunned, Ooh. and given the name Sister Anna, she wasn't even allowed to keep her own name for fear that she'd be able to use it. So, yeah, basically stripped her of all her identity and threw her into a nunnery. No. There you go. Job done. Let's rank her then. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, if it had ended there, I wouldn't have done an episode on her. Well, no, you wouldn't. Uh, but... Uh, as you'll see, there's a reason why we do. But just know she is out of the picture for a little while. But we'll continue with the story. Would, would this have like a prison montage? Where she's like trapped in, but she's like doing weights and stuff, you know? Hairs cut short, tattoos. Yeah, it would be like what you imagine a medieval nunnery to be. Yeah. Just perfectly mixed with what you'd imagine a modern women's prison to be. Awesome. Uh, yeah, lots of praying but, like, hardcore praying. Yeah. Yeah, lots of different gangs. and uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Can only tell the difference, because they're, they're crosses, and some are wearing crosses, some crucifixes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on the tattoo you've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a few other feelers, like, you have, like, tear drop tattoos <laughs> to show how many people they've killed, that sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So she's there. Cool. Um, <laughs> she's doing what she has to do to survive. Meanwhile, in the palace, uh, the pro-Constantine faction was still around, just because... Zoe's no longer there. It didn't disappear. She might be uh, the leader or maybe the figurehead of the faction. But yeah. It was a strong faction within the court. So Nicholas decides to put a plan into motion to settle things once and for all. Because as soon as Alexander had died, or perhaps even before, Nicholas had written 
to Constantine Ducas. Just to remind you, Constantine Ducas and his father Andronicus Ducas had fled to Baghdad. Yeah. But Leo, if you remember, cleverly managed to trick the Kaler yeah. into thinking Andronicus could not be trusted using the whole letter and a candle trick. Yeah. Andronicus died shortly afterwards, which I mentioned, but not Constantine Ducas. He survived and was now even more angry with the royal family than ever. Fair enough. So when he received a letter from the Patriarch inviting him to the capital for a spot of lunch and usurpation, uh, Ducas was more than willing to accept. He entered the city at night with a handful of men and went to the house of his father-in-law, who happened to be a leading general at the time. Mm. The, the Dukai were a, a well-connected family. Yeah. He and his men stayed there for a while, whilst word was sent out throughout the city, it's on, we're, we're going to coup. So a hurried plot was put together. Ducas would head to the Hippodrome with his men and proclaim himself emperor. With the Dukai and the Patriarch on their side... Uh, they could turn the will of the people. Mm. This will be fine. So they rode out through the streets, torches in hand, to the stadium. But once they got there, they found the gate shut. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Go <This> back. Embarrassing. <laughs> back to back, Dad. <laughs> well, I couldn't find it said explicitly anywhere, but presumably by this point, the pro Constantine faction had found out what was happening and had organised a resistance. <laughs> a key. <And laughs> yes. A rock. Well, according to Skylitzes, uh, those loyal to Constantine knew what was going to happen because of the following. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. A tax collector. You imagining a tax collector? A bit boring, soup, drab. Good, give him a name. Philip. Okay, Philip, he lives in a different part of the empire. Completely different. Probably over in the east somewhere. Uh, he owed some money to some bad men. Oh, Phil, why'd you, why'd you do that? You don't get a loan. No, yeah, not good. So, he fled. He ran, he did. As you would. All the way to Syria. Once in Syria, he gave up on Christianity and took up astrology instead. Oh, no. Yeah, Phil, what are you doing? Uh, uh, Mercury's but, in retrograde. Uh. <laughs> but then he discovered something, presumably by looking at the stars. He sent a secret message on a black sheet to one of the high-up generals in the Empire. The sheet was washed and it revealed words of warning. Or someone in the plot was a spy and just ran over to the palace once Ducas's men arrived and let them know. Yeah, prob probably. So it's one of those two. Yeah. yeah. I like the Philip story. Yeah, well, we'll go with that then. Either way, Ducas and his men faced the shut gate and demanded to be let in. There's no point proclaiming yourself emperor like in the street outside the Hippodrome. No. That doesn't sound good, does no. it? You want to do it in an empty stadium. <laughs> yes. When everyone's in bed. That's the best time to do it. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the men inside apparently shouted back things, roughly translating to the word, no. <laughs> then one of, not one of Dukes' leading men, who, and I quote here, had great confidence in his courage and strength, strode directly up to the gates and tried to pull it open. You're an idiot, it's metal. <laughs> well, either there was a slight gap between the, uh, the gates, or these gates just had gaps in them. Or maybe he managed to open it slightly, but a gap is made, or was okay. already there. A big enough gap for a spear to be thrust through and then straight into Dukes' man. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Who dies almost instantly. It says died instantly, but I don't think anyone dies instantly when a spear's shoved into them. Depends where. Well, I suppose it could have got his face. Oh, through oh. the eye, that would... Oh, yeah, no, that's it. a good point. Yeah, okay. He'd probably speak in French a little while and then drop down cold. <laughs> 
That's the Glebler, Monsieur Edith. Yeah, okay, so that's how he died. Okay. <laughs> Ducus was angered by this. Yeah. So he decided to change tactic. He jumped back on his horse. He gathered his men and rode the short distance to the Chalky. Again, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The the palace gates. Okay. The big gates that lead into the palace complex. And remember, the palace is not a building, but a whole complex of buildings. So if you go through these gates, you're into a courtyarded area. I'm with you. Now, the gates, for some reason, were not closed. Oh. Yeah, I uh, can only assume that was an oversight. <laughs> it's like we fortify the Hippodrome to the hilt. Yes. <laughs> Just leave the palace open. That's Why fine, not? yeah. So Ducus, um, quite happy about this, was able to ride straight in and head to the barracks of the Excubitors. Now, it would appear that the pro-Constantine faction had put most of their forces in the Hippodrome, expecting the coup to start there. Because that's were right. what they'd heard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they'd just forgotten to close the doors of the palace. They probably assumed that, like, oh, you can't get in, you're going to give up. Yeah. You'd make that, I guess they made that silly assumption. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that maybe this was all part of a wider plan, but I really get the feeling this was just <laughs> someone dropping the ball here. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> you had one job. You didn't even have one job. The palace gates were closed already, and you yeah. opened them. <laughs> anyway, all that they had in the palace were a, a group of oarsmen from the Imperial fleet. That was it. They had no trained soldiers. Ah. Yeah. They had a handful of guards, but most of them were gone. Uh, so these men were quickly armed, and I quote here, with whatever they could get their hands on. Pillows. Yeah. <laughs> it sent to a massive pillow fight. <laughs> and then they strode out to face Ducus and his men. Uh-huh. Just see the shot in a doorway, and just a pillow comes into yeah. s- swinging into shot. Just a trail of goose feathers. Yeah. They approached the Ducas detachment and engaged it in a battle in which a great slaughter ensued on both sides. Brutal pillows. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were pillows, but full of spiky metal objects. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Now, during the battle, a young man named Gregory died. This is important because he happened to be the son of Constantine Ducas. Ooh. Yeah. Then, one of Ducas's nephews died. That's not good. Ducas then realised that his men were starting to flee out of the courtyards and the gardens of the palace complex. He was starting to lose her. Oh, so that's humiliating. He spurred his horse forward to try and rally his troops, but the horse slipped in something. <laughs> it doesn't say what, but his presumably, <laughs> yeah, presumably like a spleen or something. <laughs> this is a nasty battle. Yeah, he came crashing down onto the paving stones, apparently. Knocked the sense out of him. But when he did come to his senses, he realised that he was all alone. All his men had fled. Ah, bugger. Well, I say all alone. That's in none of his side were there. <laughs> he was surrounded by people. He, he was surrounded by a group of very angry-looking men holding sharp-looking pillows. <laughs> yeah, wasn't good. He was killed where he was sat. Yeah bludgeoned to death with the pillows, and his head <laughs> removed in one quick swing. Ooh. <laughs> it's like a Ooh. golf ball on a tee. Yeah. <laughs> now, there you go. Coup put down. Yeah. Once the plot was put down, the pro-Constantine faction wasted no time rounding up those obviously involved. One high-up member of the plot was publicly flogged with ox tendons. Oh? Yeah. 
rope or chain would be much more brutal. I suppose how long you carry on. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah. And then paraded through the city after that. Uh, others were blinded, a classic. Mm. Uh, some were beheaded and then their heads placed on the hairpin of the Hippodrome. Um, in fact, punishments carried on for a while and became increasingly more brutal, mainly because the person calling for these punishments was none other than the Patriarch Nicholas. Oh, <laughs> yes. He's, he's in a defensive position, isn't he? Very much so. I mean, <laughs> the pro-Constantine faction almost certainly knew the Patriarch was involved, uh, but they couldn't prove it, and Nicholas used his outrage... Yeah. Uh, as, as a covert for the public. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, to the point where the pro-Constantine faction actually had to ask him to cut it out. Stop punishing people now. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. <laughs> now, Zoe, in the meantime, still still in her nunnery. She can't get out. She must have been trying, though. Mm. All she can do at this point is hope that Nicholas doesn't try and kill her son again. Yeah. But she, she has no power. She's starting to do the thing where she's carving a bit of a wall away with a spoon. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, every time she goes for a walk in the yard, she takes a bit of the soil out. Well, while she's chipping away at her wall, and everyone's talking about the coup that just happened, all of a sudden something else happens that takes everyone's minds off the, uh, the coup that happened a few weeks ago. Because someone looked out the window one morning and spotted the entire Bulgar army camping outside the capital. Oh, that's strange. It was King Simeon. It just popped along with all his forces just to know exactly what Alexander had meant by the whole we're not paying you a tribute anymore. Just and then, clarifying. And then throwing out the ambassadors. D do you remember that happening? Just, just want to clarify. Just, just here just to... Double check that's what he said. Oh, he's dead. Well, who's in charge then? <laughs> yeah. It's, it is a shame Alexander died before he saw this, because this yeah. was all his doing. It's all his fault. <laughs> yes. He was awful. Yeah, he really was. Anyway, I mean, if you remember, Simeon grew up in Constantinople, so he mm. knew the city well. So he must have realised that he could not take the city. But he also would have known that he could be a huge nuisance to the Romans. Yeah. Yeah especially if they had internal problems that they were trying to sort out. Mm -hmm. So he sends a message into the city. Go on, who is in charge there? Um, whoever it is, come and talk to me. I'm willing to talk peace. Nicholas, still plotting to fully take over, was only too happy to make this problem go away. So he responded positively. A son of Simeon entered the city and went to go and have dinner with the emperor from the children's menu, presumably. <laughs> Turkey dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do the thing where you put your fork in ketchup. It's like you're stabbing it. Yeah. Row. Yeah. <laughs> Row. <Rawr. laughs> They're doing that. You just see that really close up, and then it zooms out, and it's the grown-up son of Simeon who's doing that. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> eight-year-old Constantine just looking at him. He's are weird. You, are you sure you wouldn't like to try some of the lasagna? <laughs> That's a course, yeah. <laughs> anyway, obviously that that was a, a hostage uh, situation there. Yeah. So yeah. Like the real meeting was taking place outside the city because Nicholas had gone to Simeon. Now, Simeon, who was by no means turning out to be a bad ruler, played this perfectly. He treated Nicholas with all the respect that the Patriarch found he deserved. Remember, the Bulgars have recently become Christian of course, and were yeah. under the sea of the Patriarch of Constant Constantinople. Yeah. So... He is their Christian leader, yeah. so of course he was respectful. And the two had a very productive meeting. Rome would pay the money owed. Terribly sorry about that. The emperor was drunk at the time. And in return, Simeon would just go away. Wonderful. 
Easy. Oh, one more thing, though. He, he pulled a Columbo just as he was leaving. <laughs> uh, what are Simeon's daughters would marry Constantine? Well, that's quite big. Ooh. That's the Borgar royal family marrying into the Roman royal family. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas agrees. Okay. Yeah. Both men came out the meeting feeling very happy. Simeon thought he'd just secured his family into the royal imperial one. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. His his grandson would be the Roman emperor if this works out correctly. Oh. Yeah. Pretty good. I, I can imagine people in, in Constantinople not being very happy with that arrangement. Well, Nicholas agreed to this. Yeah. Because if you remember, he had no intention whatsoever of Constantine being the emperor for much longer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a way out for him, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, so he'd managed to make the Bulgars go away and could claim credit for that. And he knew at very little cost, because it was never going to happen anyway. No. Nice. Unfortunately, though, he didn't think it through enough. Because just because he knew it wasn't going to happen doesn't mean that everyone else knew that. Ah. And... Even though he didn't know it quite yet, he was starting to lose control. Because after all, he had brutally beaten the old patriarch Euphemius almost to death. Yeah. Uh, he then turned on the Ducas family. Apparently, enough people knew that he was really in on the plot, that uh, he was being judged for being a, just a traitor to yeah. his, his faction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not enough proof to actually condemn him for it. But yeah, whispers were had. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden he's capitulating with the Borgars. A lot of people were starting to really get annoyed with what, what the Patriarch was doing, and support for the pro-Constantine faction starts to rise. Oh dear. Enough, in fact, although we have no details whatsoever, a coup appears to happen. Ooh. Yeah. Zoe is released. She is able to strip the palace of all of Nicholas's men. She is formally put in charge of the Regency... And she throws Nicholas out of the palace. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm hoping literally. Well, the training probably could pick up. Chuck. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, like I say, just no details whatsoever. But that presumably was quite dramatic. Yeah. You've got a, a huge change in factions behind Constantine. And fortunately for Constantine, it's the one that's actually looking out for his interests. Which is good. Zoe attempts to get Euphemius to become patriarch again and just strip Nicholas of everything. But Euphemius, apparently, who was really quite old by this point, uh, just declined. <laughs> no, I got beaten almost to death last time <laughs> I tried this, so I'm not doing it again. So a compromise was made. Nicholas would remain patriarch, and in return, he would accept Zoe as Augusta. Ooh. Yeah, so fine, you're regent, you're in charge, I can still be patriarch. Nicholas, however, was not happy at all, and he sneered that the empire was now being run by, I quote, a council of eunuchs. Ooh. Uh, which it was. Well, <laughs> yeah, because Zoe, very understandably, quickly organised a close group of advisors consisting of very capable eunuchs. As we've discussed before, eunuchs were just more reliable and less likely to betray you for various social reasons. Yeah. So... Yeah, and these were men who had worked their entire lives in the civil service, and they knew how to run a city and an empire, and it was not long before the empire was running remarkably smoothly, considering all the recent unrest. So it seems like she just comes along and everything starts to click into place. Nice. 
because you haven't got these idiots trying to usurp each other anymore. Soon enough, however, there was a situation to deal with, because an Armenian prince named Ashot had recently arrived in the city with a tale of how the Caliphate was attempting to bring Armenia under the Caliph's rule. Ashot's arrival was soon followed by news that a Persian emir named Yusuf had indeed taken Armenia and killed Ashot's father, making him the king of Armenia. Uh. Yeah, Ashot not happy, as you can imagine, and apparently... He was a sight to see when he was unhappy. Oh, I will quote Skylitzis here. Yay. It was said of him that if he took an iron bar in his hands by each end, he could bend it and twist it by the strength of his hands alone, the force of the iron being overcome by that of his hands. See the very thin piece of iron, <laughs> or it's a lie. Or he's just really, really strong. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that Skylitz is really is uh, making sure you understand that. Yeah. <laughs> he could bend it by the strength of his hands. The force of the iron, of course, being bent by yes. the force of it. <laughs> it really does seem to make that point twice in that quote. Well, but, why yeah. use one word where you can use seven? Exactly. Well, Zoe was said to be very impressed with this new king of Armenia. I'm guessing he was ripped. And uh, she gave him a large number of men to go and get his kingdom back. Oh, really? Yeah. We have, again, few details, but Ashot wins. And Armenia, shortly, is not only free of caliphate influence, but also very pro-Roman for the first time in quite a while. So that's a win. That is good. Yeah. Soon afterwards, news of two more victories comes back to the capital. First of all, the caliphate had attempted to push into Anatolia once more, coming from Tarsus. But the troops in the area had managed to see this off. Hooray! That's good. And then, news from Italy. The troops in Italy had managed to see off the caliphate invasion from the sea. And the land that they did have in Italy, although not a huge amount anymore, uh, but it was now safer than it had been in quite a while. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Zoe's popularity soars in the capital. I mean, the, the administration seems to be just ticking along much better since she's in charge. And one piece of good news after another seems to be flowing into the city. Doing well. Yeah, this is great. However, she then received news that Simeon had taken Adrianople. Ah. Yeah. Simeon realised that without Nicholas in charge, there was no way he was going to be able to marry his daughter into the royal family. So, so he's sulking. Yeah, pretty much. Well, he decided that war's going to be the way. Adrianople apparently gave up without a fight. And perhaps this had led to Simeon being more optimistic than he should have been, because he was not expecting the speed that Zoe pushed back. With a large force, they managed to drive the Bulgarians back across the Danube. Skalitsi suggests that the reason why the city fell so quickly was because Simeon bribed the city and they just opened the gates. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, it's also suggested that when Zoe's forces arrived, they also bribed the city <laughs> and they went back to the Romans. So... Nice. Uh, Double payday for Adrianople. Oh, but the mayor of that city's going, oh, yeah. <laughs> See, this is how you get invaded, lads. Yeah. No murder, <laughs> no death. We get oh, paid twice. There we go. <laughs> Drinks from me tonight, lads. We should be invaded more often. It's <laughs> easy. This is brilliant. Anyway, um, Zoe realised that she had the element of surprise in that case, and she had only just managed to push Simeon back. She's going to have to do a lot more. If Simeon wanted war she would give it to him. Oh. And the only way to win would be to wipe him off the map. 
So, she comes up with a plan. First of all, she'd sign a peace treaty with the Caliphate, freeing up a lot of her eastern soldiers. Then, she combined a majority of the Empire's forces into a large, unstoppable army, and that would invade Bulgaria. This would be led by a prominent general named Leo Focus. Remember him, he's important. However, this is not all, because that is just building a big hammer to smash something with. Yeah, you need to actually do the smashing. Well, not only that, but it's far more effective if you have another hammer coming from another direction. Ooh. Oh, yes. Ooh. Because her leading man in Cherson, remember that's Crimea area? Yeah, yeah. He was a man named John Bogus, which is a good name. That's a ridiculous name. <laughs> yes, it is. It's the kind of name you don't trust. <laughs> it really isn't. And probably shouldn't have done, as we will see. <laughs> anyway, John Bogus had some <laughs> fantastic news. He sounds like a snooker player from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and here we see a John Bogus setting up to take the red. <laughs> Well, he had some fantastic news. He had managed to bribe the Pekinics, uh, if, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, this was a large tribe of people who lived to the north of the Bulgars. They were usually on the Bulgars' side. The Bulgars traded with them, dealt with them regularly. They were a friendly tribe to the Bulgars. John Bogus had managed to bribe them, and they had agreed to attack the Bulgars from the north. You need to do a lot of persuasion to do that, wouldn't you? Oh, he did. He showed them a couple of trick shots and they were so impressed. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, it just jumped over the black? That was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, Simeon, there's no way he was going to expect an attack from this angle, uh, but they had agreed for enough money to do it. So, the plan is set in motion. As Leo focuses took the main force into Bulgaria from Constantinople, John Bogus would lead from the top with the Pekenics. Nice. However... It all immediately runs into trouble. Oh dear. Part of the plan meant the Pekenics crossing the Danube. Which is a river. It's a big river, it's hard to cross. So the commander of the Imperial fleet, a man named Romanos, took the fleet up to meet with John Bogus and ferry the Pekenics across. Make a note of Romanos as well, he is also important. However, something then goes very wrong, and we don't know what, but apparently John Bogus and Romanos start to argue, probably about who was in overall command. Yeah, that's likely. Their argument continued for so long that the Pekenek soldiers start to get bored. <laughs> and then eventually they wandered off and went home. Ah. <laughs> Just imagine the two That's commanders shouting at each other, yeah. pointing fingers, and then one of them just looks round. Oh. Hello? <laughs> I was only joking, snooker is better than pool. Oh, we're going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> Damn it. So there you go. Uh, the northern invasion's just not happening anymore. Oh dear. Because two generals couldn't get on. Meanwhile, Leo Focus was leading the main force into Bulgar land. Now, according to Skylitzes, they were approaching Simeon's forces, met them and gave battle. The Roman forces were able to push the Bulgars back, who fell into an organised retreat, but it was tough going for Simeon. He was definitely losing here. Now, after the battle, Leo Focus followed the Bulgars, and little skirmishes were taking place, and they were generally just pushing and pushing. The Bulgars are on the ropes. At that point, Leo Focus jumps off his horse and goes to a nearby spring, have a bit of a drink of water, wash his face. Yeah. It's been a long day. But then all of a sudden, some fighting erupted nearby. I mean, there were little pockets of skirmishes yeah, yeah. going on. It was close enough that Leo Focus's horse got spooked and oh. just legs it. Oh, he's, he's, he hasn't got a horse now. 
It's worse than that. Because oh. the horse kept running and running and running all the way through the Roman lines. Oh. And it was a very recognisable horse. Did it have focus written on the side in red paint? Yeah, exactly. Oh, because of this, the Roman forces all assumed that their commander had fallen. Ah. Yeah. They paused in their pursuit of Simeon, unsure what to do. And at this point, Simeon, who had noticed something was up, couldn't quite figure out what, but that's odd. They've stopped, and they all look a bit confused. Well, let's not waste this opportunity, he thinks, and he orders a full-on charge of his troops. The Roman forces collapse. All because of one horse. Damn horse. <laughs> yes. Leo Focus only just escaped with his life, but most of the men died, including the normal soldiers, but also many commanders as well. This was an okay. utter rout. It did not help that the navy, who was supposed to support their retreat, led by Romanos, uh, were not where they should have been, because apparently Romanos had just headed back to the capital after uh, falling out with John Burgess. <sighs> yeah. So, back in the capital, Zoe was not a happy woman. As you can imagine, she'd not lost the war because of poor planning, or because of lack of troops, overwhelming odds. She had lost the war because of poor generalship. Now, Leo Focus's incident was seen mostly as bad luck. He was able to uh, recover from this. Uh, but Romanos was a different issue. Yeah, Him not ferrying the troops across the river was seen solely as his fault, and a furious Zoe ordered that Romanos be blinded. However, Romanos had enough powerful friends that they managed to persuade Zoe that perhaps he should keep his eyes. Well, we'll, we'll deal with him, but... Take his ears instead. Well, we've just lost a lot of men. We can't be getting rid of uh, yeah. popular generals. Uh... But he's really bad. <laughs> I know. Well, it was not long before Simeon pushed his advantage once more, yeah. and yet again, he was outside the walls of the city. Hello again! <laughs> Well, Leo Focus rode out to meet them, taking with him, interestingly, a young man named Nicholas Ducas. This was another son of Constantine Ducas, who was apparently loyal to the royal family, so the uh, the Ducai are, are still around. That's, that's good. Yeah. As we will see in future episodes. Anyway, according to Sky Litzy's, Nicholas Ducas died, I quote, fighting manfully. So, the son of Constantine Ducas dies. He went out just to meet and just ended up fighting. Oh yeah, when I said sorry, when I say went out to meet to try and stop Simeon camping yeah. outside the walls of the city, yeah, not a, just a general meet. No, no, this was a go oh. out and fight the Bulgars back with what men we have left. Yeah, okay. Um, Leo was unable to stop Simeon's advance on the city. Again, many people died. This was a second large defeat. Yeah. However, once more, the walls proved a better defence than anything, and winter was approaching, so a frustrated Simeon was forced to retreat back to Bulgaria. But despite this, things are very bad for Zoe. Yeah. After two defeats in a row, the goodwill she'd built up started to crumble, and if it was not already happening, the plots to overthrow her started up. Four factions have sprung up. So, to understand what happens next and into the next episode, you need to understand what these factions are. Okay. Faction number one, the pro-Constantine faction. This is Zoe's faction. Yeah. They wanted to see Constantine grow to maturity, with Zoe acting as regent. And then, when Constantine took over, Zoe would be the advisor. Hmm. Mother and son duo. Okay. Uh, they saw that Constantine was not the most healthy of children, but... Well, it's turning out to be quite bright, and you know what? Under the right guidance, he really could be a good emperor. I think we should stick with this. Yeah. 
Faction number two, Patriarch Nicholas's faction. Hmm. This faction was still very much weakened after being defeated not too long ago, but it wasn't dead. They wanted Nicholas to be regent. Now, how many in this faction also then wanted to depose Constantine and replace him with someone else is unsure. Yeah. Because that would appear to be what Nicholas wanted. Yeah. Um, but uh, what we do know is that Nicholas would be regent, and who knows, maybe the boy would have an accident. Yeah, things happen. Yeah, exactly. Dangerous times. Number three. This was currently the fastest growing faction and uh, would soon be the strongest. This was the faction behind Leo Focus. The Focus faction? He was starting to think that he should be emperor. Now, this faction wanted Constantine to be a puppet for them. Leo would become co-emperor and uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe the boy would have an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Things happen. Dangerous times. Exactly. And then faction number four, also growing, but definitely weaker, was the Romanos faction. Romanos was not happy that he was being blamed for the loss of the war. It was his fault, though. Well, it, it wasn't him leading the troops, the well, main army. No, but... Yeah. But yeah, no, it was definitely not great. <laughs> anyway, he wasn't happy. He also wasn't happy that Zoe apparently wanted him to be blinded. Hmm. So he figured he'd best do something about that. Just like the Leo Focus faction, they wanted Constantine to be a puppet with uh, Romanos as a co-emperor. And uh, who knows? Maybe the boy would have an accident or something. <laughs> well, you never know. Dangerous times. Yeah. So there you go. Zoe realised she's too weak at this point to fight against three other factions. She's feeling the power slipping, so she decides to align herself with one of the factions. I'd, I'd align with Focus. Why? Um, because I would, because Nicholas has tried to kill her already. Yeah. And you've, she's already annoyed Romanos, so they're not going to join her anyway. Yes, got it exactly right. It is the focus faction that she invites into the palace. Uh, they have ties, does Leo Focus and Zoe. Uh, they a couple of marriages link them together. Okay. Uh, Leo Focus very much part of the aristocracy of Constantinople, so this does make sense. Uh, but they are very much two different factions. Leo Focus is invited into the palace and actually becomes an advisor, a formal advisor to Zoe. Uh, there is rumours that she even speculated on marriage just to really tie the two factions mm -hmm. together. He could become father of the emperor, that new title that's around. Yeah. So, so there you go, you've now got the Leo and the Zoe factions together. But then, as this seems to start to be working, something happened that no one saw coming. The boy emperor, Constantine, he's now 13, and he had a tutor called Theodore. Theodore and little Constantine wrote several letters to Romanos asking for help. Okay. Yeah. Now, according to Skylitzes... Genuine letters? Well, this is it. According to Skylitzes, Romanos refused several times. No, this is none of my business. But then, once Constantine wrote personally in purple ink, nonetheless, or crayon, um, <laughs> he had finally accepted... Now, Eva, Theodore, the tutor, was genuinely worried for his pupil and saw Leo's prominence in court as a threat to the emperor, which is very believable. Hmm. Or Theodore was in the pay of Romanos and this was all part of the plan, which is also very believable. Who knows? Either way, Zoe receives word, what's going on? And she was appealed, as you can imagine. Just shouted out WTF. Yeah. 
Um, Leo and Zoe decide together that they need to deal with this Romanos. The best way to deal with him is to get him to disband his sailors and send the fleet away, which is currently parked outside the city. So, they send Leo's brother-in-law, who happened to be one of the leading chamberlains in court, so a loyal advisor of Zoe also. Uh, They send him to go and order Romanos to disband his men. You must absolutely do this. You're not allowed to say no. Yeah, this is an order directly from the top. Yeah. Yeah. And if you say no, there's nothing we can do about it, but them's your orders. Well, I'll quote, Romanos came to meet the Chamberlain in a subservient manner, and by letting it be known he was quite ready to perform what was required of him, gently and gradually led the Chamberlain into the snare. Hmm. Unable to perceive what was being planned and conversing without guile or suspicion, the Chamberlain drew even closer to Romanos, asking whether there were any good men to hand to row the Imperial yacht. Romanos said that there were, yes, indeed, close to hand, and then, with a nod of the head, he ordered some of the finest-looking men to approach. The Chamberlain inspected the men, apparently approved of them, and made as though he would leave. But, as they came abreast the flagship... Romanos, who was walking next to him, lay his hand on the Chamberlain and said no more than this. Take him. Romanos stood still, while men, trained for the task, took him aboard the flagship, where they put him under lock and key. None of his retinue dared to come to his aid, and they all dispersed right away. So it's been taken captive. Oh, yes. Oh, dear. I like the take him. Yes. (laughs) Word of this got back to Zoe. Not great. She realised that this was serious. This is the start of a full-on coup. This is Romanos making a move. So, also realising that this is no time for infighting, Romanos could do serious damage here, she summoned the Patriarch Nicholas. She made sure, in a couple of meetings, that he was not going to jump on board. He was Patriarch, he'd stay in his place. He'd do nothing, he'd remain neutral here. Then, she met with the Senate, and it was decided that envoys would go down to the fleet to try and clear up any misunderstandings Hmm. before actual fighting broke out. However, as these envoys approached, stones were hurled at them and they were forced to retreat. Meanwhile, while all that was failing, Zoe decided to go and see her son and demand to know if there was any truth in the fact that he had sent a letter. Which seems interestingly late. I was just thinking that. It's been (laughs) been quite a while. Not have done this first. Off, off to her son, she storms. She gathers everyone around who works with her son uh, and demands to know who knows about this letter and if it was sent, why was it sent? Apparently, everyone stood around in silence, no one daring to answer, until at last Theodore replied that he had sent the letter because, and I quote, Leo Focus has destroyed the army and his brother-in-law, the Chamberlain, has destroyed the palace. Zoe realised too late that her attempt to cosy up to the Leo Focus faction had meant that she'd lost support of her own faction. Mm. Her own faction had taken matters into their own hands and summoned the Patriarch Nicholas to the palace. The next day, the boy emperor read out a prepared speech written by Nicholas that the boy no longer needed his mother as regent. She was put under house arrest in the palace. Patriarch Nicholas and his faction has won. However, the Leo faction and the Romanos faction are still very much out there. And that's where we're going to leave it. Oh. Because 
Zoe lives on for quite a while after this, yeah, yeah. but she certainly has no more real power after this. So I think this is a sensible place to end. So there yeah. you go. That's that's Zoe's rule. Oh, she seemed very capable. Yeah, she did. Seemed to be let she? down by generals. Though. Her, her admin skills were fantastic. Yeah? You see why I gave her an episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's in charge. I mean, you could argue Nicholas was just as in charge and there was a fight between the two of them, but as he's patriarch. Yeah, he's, when, his title is patriarch. Yeah, we're not doing patriarchs. Right. Totals rank him. That's next uh, season. <laughs> that's so many next seasons. That's right. Yeah. Fighting Maximus. This is quite tricky. She probably won't score very high on this, other than politically. Yeah, it's... it's... It's always slightly harder to judge the female emperors because there were so few of them and they have extra challenges to face. But what we can say in this round is that she won Armenia back for Ashot. Mm. That is uh, Armenia now in the Roman fold. That's huge. She also pushed back the caliphate a couple of times. We have very few details, but that's important. Yeah. Uh, she also pushed back uh, the Bulgars. And that's all very impressive. I mean, in my mind, that's definitely above half marks. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, because lack of details, it's not very exciting. No. So I'm not in the high marks. Uh, but then for bad, she did lose to Simeon twice. And that's kind of what causes her downfall. Yeah. So you've got to be taking marks off for that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she certainly did no personal fighting, but politically, mm. she was fighting for her life every step of the way. And won for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she For a good few years, she was in sole command of the Empire, and did fairly well while she was yeah. doing it. So um, I think I'm going to go for half marks. I think I'm, I'm going to lean more towards the six, because getting Armenia back and pushing the Caliphate back twice, and then and the Bulgars as well. And political fighting. I suppose the Bulgars do actually fall back at the end, don't they? Yeah. She loses the army, though. No, I'm sticking half marks. You go, see the five. Eleven. Eleven. Aprovium Not, Not really her round. Nope. She doesn't really do anything that's weird. She's quite rational, logical. Yeah, I mean, she tried to blind Romanos. But that was just but, standard. Yeah. In uh, fact, it would have solved a lot of problems, I feel, if she had done that. It would have changed history quite a bit, because... Uh, Guess whose episode we're doing next? Romanos. Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. a podcast episode and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, it's... No, I can't give anything in this round. Okay. Oh, that's sad for Constantine, then. Oh, no, don't worry. We're doing an episode on him. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, like I say, things get complex for a while. Yeah. Okay. With regencies and, and stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm judging it on who was really in command of the empire yeah. that's how i'm gonna do it fair enough yeah so uh, anyway just realize i've given away who wins the uh the faction war though but sound i'll, guy, I'll forget don't sound we? guy would have told you anyway well, yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Episode. anyway we're still in the appropriate crazium room yeah yeah it's, i think we can leave yeah zero success right and again really hard to judge this one uh from what little we have to go on, she seems to have brought in some very capable civil servants that run the Empire well. Mm. Things, again, it's very little that we have to go on, but things seem to improve in the capital. People like her, and it can't just be because a couple of wars on the fringes of the Empire were won. People, you can tell people's lives got better because she was in control. Or at least looked like they were going to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she wasn't around for very long, but you get the impression... Before, it was lots of people arguing, but when she was in charge, things calmed down a bit. Yeah. Until 
people started arguing again. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking about Successus Ultimus, what was she trying to achieve? She was trying to keep her son safe until he was old enough to be emperor. And so far she's doing it. Now, she, the pro-Constantine faction falls apart. Ah. But eventually but, he becomes an emperor, so... But yes, I don't want to spoil too much. He does become emperor. Mm. Uh, not just a puppet one. He will get an episode, and at some point he does rule very much in his own right. So, I mean, you could say that she succeeds in that. Yeah. However, the faction she was leading definitely loses, or more to point, chuck her out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nicholas manages to just worm his way into her own faction. And also, as ever in this time... Even being a player in the game as a woman is incredibly difficult and impressive. Well, the yeah. odds were always against her. It was never a question of whether she would succeed, more a question of which faction would get her first and how long <laughs> she could survive. Yes. Yeah, there, there yeah. is very little chance that she would have managed to keep this going. Yeah, and her son doesn't die, so... Yes, yeah. So she keeps things ticking along it, at the very worst... If, if not, she's improving things. And uh, Constantine's alive. Yeah. Equally, though, nothing great's happening. No. No. Five? Mm, yeah, I was thinking five. Image of Okay, we have a coin here of little Constantine and his mother, Zoe. You, however, have drawn someone with a sailboat on her head? Well, it's some sort of fancy hat. It didn't right. come across very well. Oh, I see. I'll be so, honest. She does have a fancy hat, actually. Yeah, some yeah. sort of headdress, I'm guessing. Here you go. Let's see her. Oh, 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 no. Oh, that's unfortunate coin, isn't it? She does look a bit like the undead. Yes! <laughs> oh, It, it no. very much seems like a zombie lady, uh, but with happy bunny rabbit ears. Yeah, I was thinking cat ears, but yeah, I, I, I oh, see. Oh, yes, no, you're right, they are cat ears, aren't they? So, zombie uh, zombie dressing up in, uh, for Halloween in America, where they don't go for scary, they go for yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Bit freaky. <clears throat> I think it's an unfortunate coin, because it's obviously been <laughs> it worn is. down over the years. Yeah. Probably a lot more detail in. It's not a good coin, is no. it? From that coin, she gets like a two. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, little Constantine looks no better. He looks like a, a, a child of the damned as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, um, it's not great. I'm going for a two. Me too. It is best of one. four as well. Yeah. <laughs> a score oh, of one. Temple okay, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to say her rule was when Nicholas lost power in 914. Yeah. Not from her husband's death. Yes. Because Nicholas was well, one of these things put, to begin yeah, with. She's put in. Yeah. So that means technically we're going to have a, a gap of a couple of years if you put all our cards together. But. That's right. Oh, no, it's fine, because Constantine fills that when yes. we do his episode. So, yeah, so 9.14, um, and then obviously the end is where we ended today's episode in 9.17. Oh, three years. So that gives her a, a score of 0. 0.38. Not great. No. No. Final score? 11, 10, 21, 22, 22.38. 22.38. Yeah. Yeah, not great. No. No. Not even in the high 20s, not even near the 30s. No, sort of it's not. But I mean... Struggling along. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... I've got a question, though. Well, yeah. Here we go. Do they have a certain... Je ne sais That'd be a no from me. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I think she could have been very capable, but there are just too many things happen in the background. It's like trying to juggle with twelve balls, and three of them are trying to kill you. I like the story of the fact that four separate factions seem to develop and start fighting against each yeah. other. But that's very much I'm enjoying the story of the history. I don't think yeah. I would talk about Zoe no. to someone. Not when you've got someone, even just looking at the female emperors, if you've got someone like Irene you could be talking about. Yeah, just the song alone is enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sorry, Zoe, it's just not quite interesting enough to get Jenny Caesar. So that is a no. Into the lines you go. Off you go. No, no, no. Oh, what do we do now? Remember, we're doing a whole Ben-Hur chariot race at the oh, end of this season. Of course we are. Yeah. So... Um, oh, yeah, no, that's the winners. So the losers... I can't remember if we've already decided something for the losers. Bears. Uh, Nunda Nose chopped off. Nose chopped off and sent... Yeah. Consumed by sorrow. Yes. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> off to be consumed by sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, essentially the same. We've just called it something different. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Well, that's that's it. That's the end of this episode. But a couple of things we need to mention first. Yes. First of all... New chairs. New chairs. I mean, we're very excited by these chairs. They are so comfortable. They're fantastic. I spend most of my time in them now. Well, this particular yeah. chair. Only so on Rob's to get the smell. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we were thinking, chairs need names. Chairs do need names, otherwise it's not quite the same. So... Uh, we'll, we'll put a chair post on Twitter and Facebook roughly the time we release this episode and uh, give us your names for the chairs. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. There are obvious ones like Jeff and Roger. Yeah. I think that would be put forward a lot, but I think we can, I think we, I think we can go better than that. I think we can go better than Jeff and Roger. Yeah. Because the Jeff chair will break. Yeah, exactly. And the Roger chair will run away. So, yeah, yeah. You know. You've got to be careful. Uh, there are some obvious ones that spring to mind, but... Yeah, I'd like to see how 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 inventive you guys could get. Yeah, name fun. name the chairs, and then the second thing, um, I, I announced a competition a while ago on on Facebook, uh, but not everyone goes on Facebook, so I'm going to to do it again here. We're going to have a competition. Ooh, I like yeah, competitions. Uh, I've not thought this through very much at all because I've got no idea what anyone wins uh, because we've not discussed that. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to to put this out out there because I'm excited by this competition. The winner of this competition is any person who can take a photograph of a statue of Claudius. Emperor Claudius. Emperor Claudius. Like a real statue. It's got to be yeah. a real one. But it has to have, like, in the same picture, preferably, like, placed on the statue somehow at its base, a rocky. Yes. It's got to have a Rocky. I mean, it's easy if... I mean, obviously, the real Rocky at the moment uh, is at my house. It's a good Because point. we dug it up uh, from Claudius's tomb. Uh, <laughs> I think that's where we found it. Uh, yeah, but it's easy to, to make a replica. Replicas mm. are accepted. Yeah. Uh, just tip on a rock. Yeah, or, or anything, really. A face on a rock. It needs to be a face on a rock next to a statue of Claudius. So, I mean, it's quite simple. Just... Uh, Get your camera out, yeah. get a get a Rocky, get a Claudius, yep. put the two together, take a photo, post it on Twitter or Facebook, That'd and you, you're you then the winner. But I, I was talking about this and getting excited by the idea when you came up with a possible alternative. Did I? 
<laughs> this a while ago. Yeah, you've clearly forgotten. We can extend this. We can also go to other pets of emperors. If you can't get access to a Claudius statue, you can get a Caracalla statue. Oh yeah, and get a lion. Mm. Doesn't have to be a real lion, but you get bonus points if it is. <laughs> yeah, so if if it if it's a real lion, you can come on the show. Yeah, we'll fly you over. <laughs> yeah. So Caracalla. And uh, some kind of lion nets to each other. Get Mr. Stabby in there. Also, Valentinian, Gold Flake and Innocence. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and equally, if there's any emperors with uh, pets we've mentioned before, which we just can't remember right now, the general theme is emperors and pets. Yeah. Can we get photos? Nice wholesome family event. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> there's no reason for this, other than I thought it would be fun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so next Roman episode we'll say what, what the prize could be. Yeah, we'll think of a prize. Don't know. It'll be something. Yeah. Might be something worthwhile, you know. <laughs> Great. Okay, it's good to be back. And uh, next time we will be dealing with the fallout of the pro-Constantine faction's demise. And we'll yeah. see who comes out on top. Oh, it's yeah. Romanos. And thank you for downloading this on <laughs> iTunes, Poppy and Stitcher. And thank you for following us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, yeah, and all that needs to be said is, is that Leo's horse? Oh dear. Goodbye. Excellent, Sebastian. The war is going as intended. It's going splendidly, sir. I thought the Bulgars were absolute brutes. <laughs> yes, we have driven them from the field. Soon, Simeon will bow down to our feet. We will turn to the capital, and the throne shall be mine. I get... Sorry? Oh, ignore that last bit. Uh, but yes, no, the war's going tremendously well. I'm just... Jump! There we go, right. Now, off the horse, just going to... A bit of a wash of the face, a bit of blood on me, you know. Would you like me to take your armour off, sir? Stop asking me that, no. Now, fetch me some water. Pass that here. Okay, so, plan for the rest of the day. Wipe out Simeon. Um, take his head. Uh, should we send it back to uh, the Empress? Yes, I'm good at gift wrapping, sir. Wonderful. Oh, what's that? Oh, just one of the skirmishes. Don't worry about it. It We've sounds got very it's fine, it's fine. We've got it covered, Sebastian. <laughs> Seriously, you'll spook the horses. Seriously, get, get off me. You'll spook the horses. You're acting all terrified. Oh, I'm sorry. I've just, I've just got the willies in me. Seriously, calm yourself down. Another outburst like that, and horse and wells here will, will run off in fright. I'm sure... <laughs> oh, right, now he's gone. He's gone. Oh. My horse is gone. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry, sir. Should I run after it? Oh, no, it's fine. What's the worst that can happen? Which Scary. leads us to something new we need to do, which I've not talked to you about before. Go on. Yeah. Have a sip of tea to foretell myself for this. <laughs> not beer. Tea's a lot noisier than I remembered it being. Yes, yes, weird. podcast. <laughs> Tea totalis rank him. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs>